Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps. It's a podcast for artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. I'm Steven. And I'm Gene. And today, the two of us are going to be talking about a pretty, I'd say, uh, cliche, stereotypical, um, silly type of video that you usually yeah. see on YouTube. Uh, this is, I think, maybe more known in the photography filmmaking circles. It is the age-old debate. Canon versus Sony. Mm -hmm. We want to reframe this a little bit and discuss it in, I would say, kind of almost like one, you know, the actual benefits of one system versus the other, but to talk about more, I think, philosophically, how gear can influence the type of work that you're able to do and in general, why gear does actually matter and why mm -hmm. the right tool for the right job is actually pretty critical for the work that you're doing. Um, so for context, Gene, you and I have been shooting Canon yeah. cameras, a variety of DSLRs, mirrorless cameras, mm -hmm. and cinema cameras for like 10 years now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? What was your first Canon camera? Oh gosh, I think it was a Canon Rebel XS or something like that. Oh, one of those? Like yeah, the it was X like, ones? yeah, oh, nice. it was one of the X-Line yeah. ones. And that I got when I was, I want to say a freshman or sophomore in college at that point. So this is definitely over 10 years ago. Okay, yeah. But that was the first Canon camera that I bought. Okay, yeah. yep. I think mine was a, mine was a Canon 60D. Great camera. Great camera. Yeah. Still a really great camera. Yeah. Uh, exactly 10 years ago, actually, Whoa. when I was 18. So brought that to college with me, and that was that was the beginning of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Though, admittedly, we actually just talked about this yesterday. Our first point-and-shoot cameras, yes. both of us had Sony Cyber Shots when we were in middle school. Yeah, I was probably like middle school. I probably was in middle school or like the first year of high school, but uh, I definitely had a Sony Cyber Shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Great camera. Yeah. I love well, yeah. at that. Well, yeah. <laughs> at that point in time, I remember like the headlining features were like. 10.2 megapixels and and like 100x zoom like yeah. stuff like that yeah. that feels gimmicky in one sense but also kind of fun because obviously like little digicams are back in trend yes. right now yeah and i think even as we've kind of very loosely incorporated like camcorder footage into some of our youtube videos mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that having that ultra punched in zoom like 57 times or whatever yeah. is, is really fun but yeah. um yeah so 10 years ago yeah first you know prosumer cameras were in the canon family mm -hmm. and from there i kind of did a loose tally on every canon camera that mm. you and i and eric yeah have either used or owned in the past or owned currently and from what I can tell, I think this is a pretty accurate count. What was the name of yours again? A Rebel XSI? I think that's what it was called. XSI, yeah. uh, Canon, a T3i, a 60D, a 5D, a 5D Mark II, a 5D Mark III, yep. 5D Mark IV, yep. 1DX Mark II, a Canon R, Canon R6, Canon R5, Canon R5C, <laughs> Canon C200, yeah. Canon C70. Yeah, and I had a 60 at one point too. You had a 60 also? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So basically every camera they've made in the past. Yeah, for every real. Every like, kind of like prof quote professional camera yeah. that they've, yeah, they've yeah. made in the past 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so we've shot a lot of Canon cameras. Yes. Very familiar with the system. Yeah. With the menus, with the ergonomics, with the feature sets, all these things. I actually distinctly remember when I was first looking at full frame upgrades from my 60D, I was actually pretty torn 
between a Nikon D750 mm. and a Canon 5D Mark III. Controversy. And the only reason I considered the D750 was because the dynamic range was so much better and the low yeah. light was so much better. Yeah. But honestly, one of the things that really pushed me over was the fact that the in-camera double exposures were so much more interesting on mm. Canon because they had that overlay where you could... It's super easy to do. Take one, yeah. see the overlay in camera, yep. and then take another. Yeah. It was... Back then, it was little things like that that could yeah. actually make a huge difference in the work that you're doing. Yeah. But that's actually a really good way to segue into present day. Yes, Because the work that we do changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has changed quite a bit. And the features that we used to value might not be the same things that we value now. Yeah. Yep. Yes. How has your work changed as far as your needs for your cameras that you own? Yeah, I would say most simply... Uh, for the entirety of my career thus far, and this is still true today, mm -hmm. I am a photographer. Photographer first? Yes. Okay. But especially since starting my YouTube channel a few years ago and the work that we've done collectively, whether it's for the doc or just commercial work in general, I've begun to do a lot more video work. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the biggest shift for me is as far as camera needs is not only looking at cameras that are really photo centric, but now looking at cameras that are either hybrid or more video focused. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of currently where I stand right now as far as um, looking to get cameras and gear that serves those both of those purposes. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, very similar. Yeah. I, I think presently, as far as my business is concerned, it's photo first. Yeah. That's what I'm hired to do yeah. most often for client work. A lot of the personal passion projects, yeah. including YouTube, including, I mean, even the documentary is a good mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. of that. Um, anything that has video in it for the most part is more passion focused yeah. rather than yeah. paid. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really tricky to find hybrid, like truly hybrid equipment. I think that in, in a sense is kind of a myth. Um, because yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's like one, the idea that one camera does it all is kind of, is, is tricky, right? Because yeah. the actual feature sets that make a video camera, a good video camera and a stills camera, a good stills camera are pretty opposite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we can maybe kind of talk about those features a little bit more as yeah. we continue talking about yes. really the thing that <laughs> I, I would say initiated this episode in this conversation yeah which is sitting next to you on yes. your left over there this coffee mug this coffee <laughs> mug friday morning <laughs> <laughs> yes this camera specifically hi <laughs> is what you're referring <laughs> this to. is what i'm referring to yeah, yeah you went rogue Ye and bought yeah. a sony fx3 yeah um <laughs> chat's, chat's laughing <laughs> For context, for context, like we just mentioned, we've been Canon shooters for the entirety of our careers. Yep, 10 plus years. Uh, currently, the two Canon cameras that I own is an R5 and an R5C. Mm -hmm. Both, I think, are, I guess, technically marketed as hybrid cameras. Yes. The R5C more specifically being heavier on the cinema side. Yes. Uh, but the R5 is really the camera that you and I both have been using for the bulk of our video work if yes. it has not been with Eric's cinema cameras. Correct. Um, so the R5 is like, that's my workhorse. That's been my workhorse for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, as I've been looking more at video work and really like for me, the biggest thing is taking away hurdles to make, to make things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you and I, funny enough, talked about this exactly a year ago. (laughs) So for us, this is not, this is not a new conversation. No, we have, I I would even go as far to say as we've, uh, irritated everyone in the studio (laughs) by having this conversation every other day for the last six months. (laughs) it's you know like i i'm not i'm not someone that like advocates that you need a specific type of gear to make a certain thing like i'm also a big believer in like iphone video like you can make Mm -hmm. great things with your phone Mm -hmm. um but we talked about this a year ago because there were some uh, i guess some of its frustrations yes uh just with the commitment to using canon for not only as long as we have, mm-hmm. but even, even as we forecasted upcoming projects, just thinking about like, will these tools be the right tools for these jobs or these passion projects? Yep. And that's, I think what sparked that conversation was, I don't really care so much about the brand per se, like the brand name. It's really more looking at the tools that are available. Yeah. And that's why I think you and I considered Sony mm-hmm. pretty heavily last year. Mm-hmm. And we just ended up, I think with our workload and just the busyness of our schedules. Mm-hmm. Cause it, I'm finding that it's a commitment to research. Oh, yeah. It's a commitment to look at what's the right purchase because none of this stuff is an easy purchase. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's an investment. It's expensive. Yeah. It's, it's an investment of your time. Yeah. Not only researching what's going to be best for you in a new ecosystem, but learning that new system, selling all of your current gear yeah. can be such a pain yeah. too. Just like listing it and dealing with people. And it's it's a lot to transition out of one ecosystem into a new camera yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I don't. I, I feel the same way. I'm a little bummed that we didn't do it sooner. Yeah. But at the same time, last year was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. And I can't even think of a time where we had enough wherewithal to, like, in the middle of like shooting weddings too and yeah. client work. Yeah. Because that's the other tricky thing is like shifting out of one system yeah. to a new one. Yeah. While you're in the middle of all of these fast-paced projects and things that you need to deliver and. Uh, I, it's it's complicated, and so I think yeah. a lot of people, when they do consider switching systems or mm-hmm. changing things up, mm-hmm. this is usually the time of year that it happens yeah. because seasonally work is maybe a little bit slower now, so it's a little easier to sell your stuff, get new things, mm-hmm. learn them, and then be ready for the remainder of the year. That's why it took it was a year ago, yeah. and after those frequent conversations we were having, that stopped because we very quickly got busy again. Yes, yeah, and then the reason why the conversations picked up again this at the end of last year was because we were finding ourselves kind of in uh, a slower season of work. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, at least for me, the reason why I got the FX three, um, really actually was spurred on by my decision to get the R five C first, the R five C I only got a couple months ago, not even maybe like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Was it, it was for IHG. Yeah. So the reason why I got that camera was, um, Prior to the R5C purchase, I had an R5, which I still have, and then an R, which I wasn't touching. Mm-hmm. The R was really just there in my camera bag as a secondary camera for my commercial and wedding work, just in case something happened to the R5. And the R is a great camera. I've created a lot of great work with it. But the thing that the R is not is it's not great for video. No. At least at the standard that you and I are, are looking to achieve. Mm-mm. And so um, when I booked that commercial client and I found myself in a position where I had to make more. Hello? Videos. Can you hear that? Hello. <laughs> um, 
I needed a camera that I could shoot alongside the R5. So I considered actually getting another R5. But as I did more research, I landed on the R5C just because it was a little more tailored for video shooting. Mm -hmm. um, after I got that camera, I quickly found that uh, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Okay. I wanted a more video centric camera, but it wasn't enough. Does that sound weird? Like it wasn't just, yeah. it wasn't a camera that made it any easier for me to work. In fact, it's much bigger than the R5. Mm -hmm. And so there's a part of my brain that went, oh man, should I just have gotten another R5? It mm -hmm. made it a little easier for myself. Um, so once I got my hands on the R5C, put it through its paces for a few jobs, uh, it's a great camera. I think for a lot of people, it's a wonderful fit. Yep. But I realized I wasn't looking for a hybrid camera. Yeah. I was looking for a camera that was really actually more for video. Yep. And to me, the R5C is still very much a hybrid camera. Yep. And that's why that kind of reignited the the search for another replacement, which is how I landed on the FX3. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a good time to reference back to what I was saying earlier about the kind of, I think, baseline differences between a stills camera yeah. and a video camera. Yeah. Because just based off of the actual specs, the way the sensor is built, the FX3 has a 12 megapixel sensor. Yeah. Beautiful 4K image. It's no pixel bending, no weirdness with mm -mm. the 4K, no oversampling. It's just a clean 4K image. Yeah. And because of that, it has a lot of great image quality and then features such as like the dual native ISO, mm -hmm. things that it's able to do really well for video because the sensor is tailored for video. Yeah. It's not a great stills camera. No. Because... 12 megapixels is not what a stills photographer wants. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you're shooting weddings or anything commercial, yeah. you're looking at, you know, 30, 40, 50, maybe even higher, yeah. um, depending on your needs, obviously. But on the flip side, the R5, 45 megapixel sensor, yeah. beautiful images. We both still, I mean, we, love both, that we camera. both have yeah. our R5s. Yeah. Phenomenal stills camera. Absolutely love it. The files are incredible. They're really beautiful. Colors are great. Everything is awesome. So much resolution is great for cropping in. We do a lot of e-commerce work and other mm -hmm. commercial jobs mm -hmm. where high resolution is actually really valuable for yeah. us. So that is something that we want to have. But on the flip side, the video quality isn't necessarily going to be yeah. the best yeah. because you are oversampling off of that sensor. And yeah, it's just, it could also be like a Canon thing, but in general you don't really see high megapixel video cameras. No. Like that's not really a thing. No, 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 it's not. Yeah. And like the video quality is still like very good out of the yeah. R5, but it's not going to lend itself to video productions and better video work, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, and video mm -hmm. workflows. Yeah. Having a high, like airy cameras. Yeah. I think like a lot of that is in like the same like eight to 12 range, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. I could be a little wrong That'd about be right, that. Yeah. Um, but in general, like really great video cameras don't really lean in the high megapixel. That's just not, mm -hmm. that's not what it's meant for. Yeah. Um, and so having something like the FX3 that's video first is, I think in a sense, it kind of embodies the direction we want to go in. Yeah. But it also is its own camera that is not going to be a hybrid solution mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's in the short, short time I've had it so far, every time I pick it up, not only is it super enjoyable to work with, and um, like Steve and I were talking about this yesterday too, but a tool like that that has that kind of package, that kind of footprint, it 
begins to open up different avenues of uh, styles of shooting, but also just like ideas of how to use a camera, where to mount it. Uh, POV stuff. We've been messing with a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's not that you can't do that stuff with a, a C70 or an R5, but the the true reality is that those cameras are bigger. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's harder for your brain to think about, oh, this big, massive thing, I'll, I'll be able to mount it to this place or that, that place. But when all of a sudden the thing that you're using is tiny, mm-hmm. um, I think it opens up a lot of opportunities for creativity. And like you said, it's a video camera. Mm-hmm. Like I have no intentions of using the FX3 for stills work. Yeah. Um, and I realized that that's what I wanted after the past few months of kind of searching and even getting the R5C, I realized what I was actually looking for was a video camera. Mm -hmm. The reason why hybrid cameras to me mattered a lot was when I was shooting volume weddings where I wanted two very reliable cameras, but cameras I could also use for YouTube and video content. As my business is shifting away from volume work, but more, um, I'm just not doing volume weddings anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I am very serious about blending more video work into my business, but because the volume's not there, I'm not necessarily looking for two photo cameras that I need to depend on. Um, and I can always borrow other people's cameras here in the studio too, mm-hmm. as secondary cameras. But after, yeah, the past few months, I've just realized that I wanted a, a cinema camera, which I know still, some people argue that FX3 is not truly a cinema camera. Mm-hmm. I would argue otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that you and I were really stoked on is the dual native ISO. Dude, yes. For me, game changer. Huge. I, we knew this a year ago. Yep. We knew this when the A7S III came out mm-hmm. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But the dual native ISO for me has been like mind-boggling mm-hmm. as far as how you shoot and how you begin to look at scenes of light. And uh, that's what I'm actually most excited about with FX3 mm-hmm. is the dual native ISO. The secondary one being 12,800, which, which is insane. It still blows my mind. It doesn't make any sense yeah, to me. I don't even understand. You can get a clean image at that. Insane. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to us talking about, you know, why gear does matter in that yeah. sense. Is yeah. it, it, there's, there's always going to be those videos. I feel like, you know, yeah. I understand why people say that. Is You know, the philosophy behind it is like, oh, just go out and make... Something with whatever you have. Yes, absolutely. But if you are going to spend this kind of money on a piece of equipment, you should know what it's going to get you. Because an expensive camera doesn't necessarily mean it's the right camera for you. For sure. You could spend, you know, $4,000 on a Sony A7R5. Yeah. High megapixel. Yeah. But you actually don't need all those megapixels because you're yeah. not shooting work that requires something yeah. like that. You're not a commercial photographer, maybe, you know, whatever your needs are. Um, and then on the inverse, like a, a stills photographer would never buy an FX3 because that's no. not the right tool for them. Yeah. It's an expensive camera objectively, sure. but dollar signs does not equate like the right camera for you, yeah. so to speak, yeah. um, or necessarily like good for the work that you're doing. Yeah. You need to understand what the tool is in order to actually get the most value out of it for what you're doing. Uh, And I think that's, yeah, part of the reason why we've entertained Sony for so long Mm -hmm. is because we both want to push into video a lot stronger Mm -hmm. without getting like larger cameras necessarily. Because I think for Canon, there's not really that middle ground. Like the R5C is technically that middle ground. Yeah. 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 Where it's like the, the small cinema camera, so to speak. Um, we personally don't love using it. So other yeah, than that, it's either R5 or go up to a C70. Yeah. It's 
there's no like compact option. So the way I look at like, cause people argue you want weight with cinema cameras, especially for like, um, where like there's like you're moving, you're moving with the camera. And like my counter argument to that is something like an FX3, you can rig out for more weight. Mm -hmm. You can add more things to it. Something like a C200, you can't break it down, the main body. The main mm -hmm. body is what it is. So for me, my brain goes, it's a lot easier to build it up and then strip it down if you have to. But the other way around, you can't really do it that way when mm -hmm. you want something that's really tiny. So I think that's a benefit with at least, I mean, there are other brands that, make amazing cameras but when it comes to the features of sony mm -hmm. for video mm -hmm. that's what i've been most interested in yeah absolutely yeah. i think we're both the kind of people too that would prefer to have all of our digital cameras within the same brand yeah just for the ease of switching lenses between yeah. everything pretty simply like yeah. there is a world where we use fx3s for our video work and we just keep our r5s mm -hmm. for our photo work but i i don't know i personally would just want if you're going to spend that much money on good lenses I would want to be yeah. able to use those lenses across multiple camera bodies for multiple purposes too. Economically, it makes more sense just yeah. to... So like that's been the hang-up for us, I think, is mm -hmm. I have no qualms with Canon for photo work. No, not at I, all. I love the R5. It's awesome. It's a, it's, I would, I, honestly, I would say it's probably the... May, maybe, maybe the best hybrid camera for us in some senses. I think so. Even though I had just a couple minutes ago said the best hybrid camera doesn't really exist. Yeah. You're always going to make a sacrifice one way or the other, but I do think it puts out good enough video quality and excellent stills quality. For sure. And there are a few other mirrorless or otherwise cameras that I can think of that do it as well as the R5, but the the video leaves a lot to be desired, especially when yeah. you take like overheating into consideration and other other you know limitations that yeah. Canon kind of cripples the camera with. Yeah. The the thing with the R5C too, that this is a, a widely known, I would call it an issue, is the when you're shooting video, the battery life is bad. Dude, it's, it's like so bad. It is actually like concerning. It's it's bad. It's really bad. And mm -hmm. so like that's something that I knew about before I got the camera. But once I started putting it through its paces, I quickly found out that you have to have a ton of batteries with you, <laughs> um, which then opens up another issue when you think about like how mobile you want to be and how quick you want to be is not lugging around even more stuff, chargers, yeah. batteries. And so like, um, you know, like video in general is going to consume more battery life in your cameras and photo. But the R5C, when I faced that issue, I quickly realized, oh man, like this probably wouldn't be the best solution for the video work that I want to do at mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The other benefit that we've kind of, I, I think tapped into in most recent days actually with, uh, the size of the FX3 is all the yeah. ways that you can rig it up mm -hmm. and the ways that you can get different types of shots mm -hmm. that you wouldn't be able to get with a larger camera. Even yeah. even a compact cinema camera like the C70, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to rig it up the way that we've rigged the FX3 up like yesterday and the day before unless yeah. you had like a pretty expensive rigging mm -hmm. system yeah. to actually get it up yeah. to support the weight of it yeah. and the size of it. Um, Talk to me a little bit about like the door shots that you've been doing. Yeah, like yeah. The, so the like, little, um, yeah. the small rig clamp and all that. Yeah, yeah. so like uh, at least for the videos that I want to make for now in this period of time, um, I'm really trying to think of ways to, really two things. Uh, when the viewer's watching the video, I'm offering interesting perspectives mm -hmm. to keep them engaged. Uh, but the other layer to it, for me at least, is 
I'm just so tired of talking head videos where <laughs> for 10 minutes I'm looking at the camera sitting in the same spot yeah. and there's nothing wrong with those videos. It's just for me at least, I'm bored of them. So you're bored of making them. Yeah, I am. I truly am. And not in the get bored, make stuff way. No, exactly. Yeah. That's a good kind of, which good you board, can yeah. take 10% off. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, no, but actually, actually, yeah, you can get 10% off your get board makes stuff order <laughs> with rally caps 10 at checkout. Below. There it is. Yeah. Um, that was not planned. That, that was, was perfect. Not, <laughs> that actually worked out pretty nicely. <gasps> um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing is like, I'm just, so for me, the camera has been fun because of its package, how small it is for my brain to start thinking about, okay, what are the ways for me to get unique angles and perspectives again, engaging for the viewer, mm -hmm. but engaging for me to actually shoot it and want to shoot it too. And yep. so, uh, recently with the video I'm working on right now and a video that you're working on, mm -hmm. we've been messing with like POV stuff. Uh, but specifically once I got the camera in a cage and it has all these mounting points, basically on all sides of the camera, I've really been trying to tinker with, Oh, tinker. That is like a... <laughs> he loves the word tinker. Yeah, wow. Chad called me out recently saying that uh, it's one of my favorite words, which yeah. I can't deny. But <laughs> I've been looking to experiment, be creative with um, how I mount the camera. So I've been doing stuff like mounting the camera to the top of doors mm -hmm. or like um, just like really trying to put it in different places that aren't just necessarily like eye level with me on the ground. Mm -hmm but perspectively like putting it really high up in the air or maybe like putting it into a bag and I open the bag and you see my face. It's a lot harder when you have a really big camera, mm -hmm. but with the FX3, the, the actual footprint of it, like the, it's not much bigger than your phone as far as the camera body itself. Mm -hmm. So it offers a lot of varieties of angles and I've been really excited about kind of testing those angles and really implementing those uh, in a lot of personal projects moving forward. Yeah. Another great, I think, real world example of the FX3 is uh, Danny using it on, I think, yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. They use that as their crash cam yep. uh, next to a Sony Venice, yeah. which is yeah. one of their much more expensive, like proper cinema cameras. Yep. Like the, I, I think it's their top tier cinema camera, actually. Um, and the images look great next to each other. Like, you can't incredible. really tell what's FX3 and what's, what's Venice. There's, that's a, loaded statement yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> you know there, there's a lot that goes into that obviously yeah. um but to be able to have a camera that shoots in the same log profile yeah as your a cam yeah. and you have something that's so small that you can wedge inside of a porta potty or put it in the bottom of a garbage yeah. can still get really beautiful full frame you know great 4k footage out of it um but having the ability to sneak it into places that their giant Sony Venice could not fit or obviously, you know, would not want to even attempt to rig, uh, something yeah. for it, uh, is a really great value add. Uh, not to say that you're necessarily buying this as like a companion B cam or C cam to a larger cinema mm -hmm, rig, mm -hmm. uh, out of the gate. I think for us, that would be an FX3 would be like our A cam for a long time and yeah. move into like an FX six Mark Incredible two camera. if that, yeah. if that comes out. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it is a really just interesting camera and more than anything i noticed i think we both pointed this out yesterday when we were um rigging it to my uh hard shell film camera case so much fun it's so much fun and yeah. it kind of felt like i think just the the size of it and the rigging ability that the body design allows is it feels like lego for adults yeah in a sense like it yeah. kind of unlocks this like childlike yeah. yeah. interest and like giddiness yeah. with it, which I think is really fun too. Like we, and this is how I kind of wanted to almost 
conclude this episode talking a little bit more about this is that ultimately I think I speak for both of us when I say our digital cameras now more than ever are really just tools for us. 100%. Um, yeah. there, I, I remember so vividly getting my, my used 5D Mark III in, in 2017. Yeah. And I was over the moon. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I have a full frame digital camera again. I yeah. loved taking photos with it. I still have one of those bodies. I kept it as like a little trophy from that. I wish I kept mine in my life. Yeah. Um, but that, as I said at the beginning, you know, our, our needs change over yeah. the years and what we wanted and needed 10 years ago is not what we want and need now. Yeah. And I think for us, the joy that we find for our stills work is primarily in film photography now. Totally. And I think yeah. our love of film and the incorporation of it in our workflows for our businesses has really cemented the fact that digital cameras are less of a thing to take out to like have fun mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. for, for stills yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, and more so just like a strict tool. Like yeah. what tool is going to get the job done for me? Yeah. Still in a beautiful way, still yep. in a way that I enjoy doing, but it's, it's less about like a romantic notion towards the camera and more like what, what gets the job done. Yeah. I think like to your point, the way that I've been looking at digital cameras for a long time now is I'm not picking them up outside of for work purposes. Yeah. Like I'm, that's when I'm picking up my film cameras and we're also like definitely not saying that Sony is better than Canon or Canon is better than Sony. No. It, like I think like if you took any camera side by side, it really, one comes down to the person using it. Like how, how technically skilled are you to be mm -hmm. able to use that camera? But the second thing is like they image wise, most times if you put like C70 footage next to FX3 and it was a really good colorist, I, I personally can't really tell. No. You know, I, I can't tell. So I, it's not even about like what produces a better image. It's for me, it's just simply what's the tool that'll make it easier for me to make things. Yes. And even if it's not, even if it's an enjoyment aside, what will eliminate some of those hurdles for me, mm -hmm. whether it's on the front end or the back end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why ultimately, as I considered more video stuff, the FX3 made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like we said too, like the R5s are great stills cameras. I have yeah. no qualms. Nope whatsoever nope. but i don't see a world where you and i can both shoot canon and sony cameras with the various glass that we like to shoot on yeah like g master or the rf like l series glass mm -hmm. they're all expensive so and expensive there's no world where i can shoot build both kits up mm -mm. and shoot two different brands and so like i think that's been some of our hesitation too with mm -hmm. really like jumping all in on sony yeah um but the video side has been convincing enough for me. And I think the good thing that we really haven't talked about is when you talk about like companies making advancements for people like you and I, mm. prosumers, right? The tools that they make available. The, the actual reality is if you look at the past three or four years, Sony has made a lot more stuff available for people like you and I. Yeah. And then you look at third party stuff like lenses. Yeah. This, I love our RF glass, but you don't see nearly as much available for third party glass for Canon right now yeah. with the RF mount than you see with Sony. Mm -hmm. So like that's something I'm looking at too. I'm like, oh, I could actually maybe save some money by switching brands <laughs> yeah. now. Yep. And yeah. again, like neither is better than the other, but when we are picking up our digital cameras for work, mm -hmm. I also don't want it to be this tedious task mm -hmm. of like, oh man, I get this. Like yeah. I just want it to be easy and seamless and fun. Yeah. I think we'd both like video to be a larger portion of what we do. Yes. This year, especially. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. I, Sony or Canon, you know, choose whichever is going to work mm -hmm, best for mm -hmm. you. The FX3 videos 
absolutely better than the R5 video. And I think, yeah, yeah like, I mean, it's it not is. even close. It, and then, but the stills out of the R5 are better than the FX3, right? Yeah. When, if you want to take these two cameras and kind of just put them head to head in that sense, um, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to like, you need to know what work you want to pursue and then how you want to spend your money on those things to help you do good work. Yeah. Um, it's a personal choice. It is. And it comes day. down to the work that you make. Mm -hmm. Like for us, I think these kind of cameras make a lot of sense. Like yeah. you said, medium format digital is something that you and I are considering, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, like hopefully not too far in the future. Yep. So like we're always, I think like you and I, especially really outside, like in our group, we're always looking at what's available and mm -hmm. what's going to help us make stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and like we've stuck with Canon for so long. Yeah. And I am ready, for just honestly, for like a change in general. Like mm -hmm. that's why film photography has been so enjoyable for mm -hmm. me. Is it's offered a different pace of shooting, that's kind of like revived a lot of my excitement around photography. Mm -hmm. But now with video, I'm kind of ready for a jump like that too. Yeah, definitely. I feel you. It's weird. It is it, talking about the history of it. It does actually, like in a weird way, kind of get me a little emotional. Yeah, it about is like not having a camera. Yeah. yeah, potentially. Yeah, I still haven't bought anything, but. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd really like to. Yeah. Because I, I feel the same way. After you get stuck in one way of doing things for so long, it's just nice, I think, for your like creative health to shake up the way you're doing things. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Just add something new. You know, teach your brain to operate in yeah. a different way. Uh, even something as as small as like the menu systems or like the yeah. the little things that like the FX3 can do video wise that the R5 can't do. Those are all like little learning curves that yeah. I think present good challenges to help us just think outside the box I a agree. little bit more because mm -hmm. it's, it is so easy to just get stuck in a rut and just, that's like how I felt. Yeah. Bring out the same camera, do the same thing, put the, this, that, the other. It's just, it's, it's tedious after yeah. a while. So I actually, I will say, I meant to mention this earlier too. The one other reason I think we have stuck with Canon for so long is because of our studio as well. There is there's yes. a certain power that comes with, and this is obviously very unique to our situation. Um, but if, if you know, you're listening to this, wherever you are, you have a creative community in your area, you have a studio that you go into, mm -hmm. like we have at creative club, Chicago. Um, there is a big, big, big benefit to having those people all shoot on the same system. That means sharing lenses, sharing mm -hmm. bodies, um, tackling larger projects together and being able to have a uniformity as far as features and lenses and color profiles and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that was actually a pretty, pretty huge benefit during the documentary as well mm -hmm. is like all of us being able to bring all of our own personal cameras, have Eric's two C seventies, yeah. all the lenses interchangeable, all the filters that we had were like for the same thread sizes mm -hmm. that our RF glass generally had. Mm -hmm. Everything just worked together yeah. seamlessly. Mm -hmm very compatible. And I think that that is another noteworthy thing to mention. Like if you do have maybe a larger group of people that you're trying to keep in mind as you're using these systems, yeah. um, there, there's a lot of power that comes with having a yeah. group of people all shoot the same system. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't think I would have purchased a C70 anytime soon. So yeah. me getting some reps in with Eric's has been great for me to even understand how the cinema camera works. Mm -hmm. But that was the actual reality. When our studio started, whether it was at the inception of it or even a couple of years ago, most people still shot Canon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, Braxton, was, yeah. before switching, he's, yeah. he's gone on a whole journey, but he had two R's that he was shooting. Exactly. Too. Like, we had five of us all yeah. shooting Canon. Uh, Liss used to be on Canon. Yep. 
yep. before she moved to Fuji. Chad's being, on Canon currently. Bean used to be on Canon years and years ago, but he's oh, been on Fuji really? for a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. So like when we started the studio, all of us shot Canon. Yeah. So with every passing year, less people are shooting on Canon now. Mm -hmm. And but there was power for sure to mm -hmm. us being able to be in the same ecosystem and share stuff together. Even just like a last minute, like, oh my gosh, like my lens, I dropped my lens. And yeah. It shattered. Can yeah. I drive to someone's house just to pick something up? Yeah to take it to a shoot that I'm supposed to be at in an hour, like little things like that. It, it comes in clutch. It's almost like your own like mini rental house yeah. that you have yeah. of, of gear available to you. Um, and then in that same, with that same attitude, you and I making the switch together, yeah, together. I think is also powerful mm -hmm. because it's not just one of us striking out on their own. It's us kind of falling in line together and being available to kind of bring some of that same, resource and, and energy yeah. to mm -hmm. this new system that yeah. we'll be on. So, yeah. Yeah. Still got to figure out a lot of stuff for sure. Me too. This, still, this, yeah. this is a very, very, um, maybe also like jumping the gun a little bit with this conversation. Who knows? But you only got your FX3 like last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't, I won't buy for now any lenses for any more lenses than yeah. I have the one lens. So like, yeah. I'm not looking to go all in and go crazy right now too. I mm -hmm. want to, like acclimate towards it. But mm -hmm. I do think with what I've experienced so far, it, it seems like it is inevitable that I will go basically all Sony within the next few months before like even wedding season picks up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's a crazy thought. It is. Shooting weddings on a Sony. That's crazy. If I'm not even doing very many anymore, you know, so that's true. Yeah. The work changes. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thanks so much for watching and or listening to this episode. Hope you guys have gotten something out of it. It was kind of a laid back conversational piece. Um, just wanted to talk about, yeah, these, these kind of like current thoughts and keep y'all updated with the things that are going on like everyday life for us with our businesses and at the studio um, and start to have, I think just more conversations that we have offhand yeah. as we're working and just kind of bring some of those topics up. Uh, and this is definitely one that has come up many times in our studio. So hope you enjoyed listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating in Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. Uh, and if you're on YouTube watching this right now, please subscribe to the channel, please like the video. And if you made it this far, I think what we've been doing lately is comment something. If you've made it to we're going to call it extra innings, I think. Mm, yeah. To the very end, it made it extra innings. Um, comment your... <laughs> comment if you like my Crocs or Jeans Birkenstocks more. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Crocs or stocks. Just leave that in the Ooh, comment below. Crocs I like or that. stocks. I like that. I prefer Jeans Birkenstocks. Those are, yeah, my shoes as well. Um, but yeah, stocks or socks. Crocs in the, in the comments below. Um, thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you in the next episode.